FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 275 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked. We're your host, Jason and Denise Venable, better late than never. <laughs> we finally have a new episode for you, and I apologize for the delay. Um, you know, sometimes life just gets in the way. And it's not always bad, but a lot of good stuff. Yeah. You know, all over turn two... We had a ton of family in the house. Uh, a lot of family. Which, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. So not, nothing against our, our lovely families, but definitely a, a house full. Um, you know, and uh, so we had that, and then we had my, my grandma's birthday. We went down to Austin, Texas area to celebrate her 89th birthday, and, yep. and not to be morbid, but... Um, of, the, of both of us, she's our last surviving grandparent, and you know, I don't know how many more times we'll get to celebrate her birthday. So, you know, and she's got a heart problem, so and you know, dementia, and yeah, but she's 89, she's living a nice, good life. So, yeah. I hope she has a lot more birthdays, but don't want to take it for granted. No, no, so, um, you know, especially having having lost my other grandma at the end of last year, just kind of felt close since so I wanted to take a few extra days to, to go down to see her and so you know lots of good stuff and you know we were busy making a baby and um <laughs> by that I mean we went to the stork yeah and, and knocked on his door and said hey can we have one of those and he was like rawr, 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 I don't speak human and then uh, <laughs> but luckily you know we, we uh we lit a little stork beak candle or whatever and so we're, we're gonna have a baby <laughs> <laughs> you know there are people going what i hope so my only goal with this podcast is for people to go what what's this idiot babbling about okay so the abridged version we're expecting i could have gone a lot of different ways <laughs> the birds and the bees brought to you by the podcast that goes snicked um, <laughs> yeah. Yes, we're expecting kiddo number three. No, we do not know if it is a boy or a girl. No, we are not finding out until no. the day the baby is born. Yes, we do know it will interrupt podcast schedule. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but we'll do our best to keep everything on track as much as, you know, uh, a man of my age and uh-huh. uh, <laughs> schedule can do. <laughs> but have no fear because whenever I slip... Mr. John Wilson's getting back in the game. I think he's got like three new shows coming out, which I'm very excited about. Um, so he'll he'll make up for whatever we miss. Okay. <laughs> so episode two seventy five. We're gonna go nineties comic style and pretend this is a big deal. So <laughs> big wait, blockbuster double sized episode. I do have a random question. Random question time. Since we're on two seventy five. Uh huh. <laughs> no, we're not giving up on 250. <laughs> In fact, we better get on it pretty soon because 300 is going to come knocking. Then we'll have to do back-to-back movie episodes. I need a nap somewhere in there. Yeah, right. <laughs> Making a baby's tiring. <laughs> yeah, the stork flapping his wings. <laughs> well, he's flapping him in my face all night. 
<laughs> don't uh <laughs> so last night uh, we watched Thor Ragnarok with Ethan <laughs> did you enjoy Thor Ragnarok <coughs> you know what I really got uh, so first of all I knew can I answer the question no I don't I ask questions and then I move on <laughs> that's the style why of am the, I the co-host that's the cadence of this show <laughs> why am I the co-host <laughs> because people like you better than me I don't talk because you talk over me. You ask me a question and then then answer it. Anyway, did you like the movie? Yes, I absolutely loved it. And that was pretty great. I love the writing. Yeah, uh, two things. Or three things. No, you said two. I knew it was going to be a different kind of movie because A, people had talked about it being more like a funny movie. But also, like, right off the bat, we destroyed Molnir. So I was like, okay, well, it's going to be a different kind of Thor movie. Um... The other thing, the score was fine, like the classical score. I kind of want to see a recut of the movie where everything is like upbeat dance pop techno music. Wow. Yeah. Well, and, and of course, Led Zeppelin. <laughs> yes. Don't take that part out. But, yeah. you know, like replace like the classical music with like synth stuff. I'd like to see a, a version of that. Okay. Just, just to see. Just to see what it does. Or maybe do like an all 8-bit version. Including yeah. the Immigrant Song in 8-bit. That'd be awesome. But then does that border on Guardians of the Galaxy? Sure. No, they're all classic rock, aren't they? It's all 80s type yeah. music. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. The other thing is I got super tickled. And I, I want to I'll, I'll Google or someone can listen and answer for me. I'm pretty sure. So there's there's a part in the movie where our heroes are all in the room forming the Revengers. <laughs> and um, <laughs> there's a part where they're talking about all the bad stuff Loki's done. And Thor, Chris Hemsworth, <laughs> tells this story about how he loves snakes. And <laughs> when he were little, he found a snake and he wanted to go talk to it and study it. And it turned into Loki and then Loki stabbed him. And I'm... First of all, just the way he delivered it, which was much better than what I just did, um, just really struck me as really funny. But also, it pans over to uh, Loki, uh, Hiddle, middle guy, uh, Tom Hiddlesworth, and um, he's, he's, it looks like he's trying to choke down a smile. Yeah. And so I'm pretty sure that that wasn't scripted and that Hemsworth made... Loki laugh like Thor like made Loki laugh and he was trying not to get out of character and I think he almost broke him but it was a really innocent fun little moment well and the way he says it yeah. like like it, a little boy like it was it was so yeah. great yeah it's like when I was little I loved snakes and I saw the snake on the ground <laughs> so I picked it up and then Loki like was the snake and he turned and stabbed me like not nice <laughs> it was yeah. hilarious it was pretty great pretty great so yeah definitely uh Two big thumbs up for Thor Ragnarok. And then now, the runway is clear uh, for spring break. I'm going to try to take Ethan to see Black Panther. And so we'll report on that next time. Okay. Well, so episode 275, big blockbuster. Finally going to catch up on the Wolverine books for February. You know, because we're only about halfway through March. (laughs) Uh, but, But before we get to that. Okay, hang on. Sorry, I googled it. Uh-huh. And it says 
someone says um, that snake story that Thor tells about Loki in Thor was not scripted. It was just improv. And so it says, yeah, that was basically that was basically it. We did about six different versions of that story. And that was just us standing around while the cameras were rolling. And I would just feed them lines <laughs> and feed Chris ideas for stories. I'd say, do another one. And in this one, say, I was walking through a field and I saw a, lo- a lovely Turkish rug in the middle of the grass. And I love Turkish rugs. So I went to stand on it and it was Loki. And he turned back into Loki and there was a hole and I fell through it. And the hole. <laughs> the hole was the devil's anus. <laughs> the hole was was impaled on a whole lot of spikes so we did a version and we did one with a snake and we ended up using the snake version well they so, weren't they weren't the right choice yeah it was it was hilarious that yeah so no it was not scripted that Perfect. was improv yeah you yeah tell. in a good way um so yeah anyway we're going to uh finally wrap up february books um but before we can get to that Mr. Al, who's a friend of the show, been on the show before, host of the uh, wonderful Resurrections, Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast, uh, is going to get drop some knowledge uh, bombs on us about the uh, Infinity Countdown Adam Warlock issue we covered a couple episodes ago. I had some questions. He's got some answers, and he sent them to me, so we're going to throw that in. Um, but before we can get to that, we got to talk about Logan's return. In Infinity Countdown. Ooh. But before we can get to that. <laughs> and this podcast is only going to be 30 minutes? We got to catch up on what? Who said that? You did. No. <laughs> before we get to that, though, we got to catch up with Where's Wolverine? Okay. But <laughs> before we can get to that, uh-huh. we got to take a break. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> We're going to talk about, um, I later in the episode, we'll talk about some previews and the Marvel fresh start, new beginnings, new creative teams. And we have a teaser image by Jim Chung. And I wanted to talk about that for just a second because I'm hoping, hope against hope, optimist, that maybe it feeds into what I've been asking for. So we have this this page that's kind of highlighting who's going to be front and center in the new Marvel Fresh Start later in 2018. And of course, Spider-Man's front and center. And we have a bunch of characters, including uh, Punisher, you know, most of our Defenders, uh, Ant-Man and Wasp. Of course, they have a movie coming out. Um, so a lot of the, the live action stars coming up are focused in this picture. Um, and we also have this people who will be in the new Avengers team, like the young Ghost Rider. Um, you know, we have She-Hulk, Gambit, of course, Black Panther's movie just came out, um, Inhumans with Medusa, Captain Marvel has a movie coming out, uh, Venom has a movie coming out, even though it's not technically Marvel, Deadpool has a movie coming out, Gambit has a movie that was coming out, maybe might still come out, um, and then Miles uh, has that new uh, animated thing coming out. So... You know, kind of all the features of multimedia are here. And then also The Thing, which I think maybe means a Fantastic Four movie coming. I don't know. We'll see. Um, Or just the return of the Fantastic Four in general to the Marvel Universe. But also, down front and center, we have Logan. 
And I say Logan because he's in street clothes. So I'm hoping, you know, I've been begging on this podcast, just begging Marvel, you know, yes, give us Logan back, but don't take Wolverine away from Lord just yet. And so I'm hoping that maybe this is a sign or a tease that that Logan is, yeah, definitely back, but he may not jump right back into being Wolverine, per se, at least like the mantle of Wolverine. He'll still be Wolverine, obviously, but I don't know. Do you think I'm reading too much into this? No, but by the way, the Gambit movie is set to come out in June of 2019. Oh, it just got pushed back. It had some issues. Well, so. it said it's back on now. Okay. Very cool, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'll go see it. Well, right now there's only two people, according to <laughs> Wikipedia, the two in pr- the cast. It's a two-man show. <laughs> Channing Taylor, or Channing, Channing Tatum. Tatum, and Lizzie Kaplan. All right. Oh, wait. What happens if I click more? Nope. Nope. It's still the only <laughs> two people. <laughs> Well, there you go. Anyway, regardless, I'm, uh, I mean, I'm moderately excited for the fresh start. I don't really care as much about what numbers my comics are. I just want good stories, and I think there might be some good stories there. So, there you go. Any other thoughts about that image? It's cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. All right, well, now we are ready to talk about Where's Wolverine? Ooh. So our next, oh, and uh, Aaron, fan of the show, friend of the show, um, suggested, first of all, he's, he's catching up on our episode, so he was wondering if we were talking about these segments, and I said, yeah, we were, and he's, you know, kind of talking about which ones were his favorites, um, I think so far his favorite is the Black Panther one, which we'll talk about in a couple minutes, but he had asked us which our favorite was, and I thought that'd be a good thing to talk about on the show, so once we get through these, We'll kind okay. of talk about what our highlights so far, knowing there's still a couple more to come. Right. But this is most of them. So, anyway, the first one is in Avengers number 680, which is the part six of No Surrender. And uh, it is written by the writing team of Al Ewing, Jim Zub, and Mark Wade. This particular issue was drawn by Kim Jacinto, with colors by David Curiel. Letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Woohoo. And the cover by Mark Brooks. And on the cover, of course, we have our Where's Wolverine logo. Um, then we have falling out of, not falling, I guess jumping, flying out of a Quinjet. We have Scarlet Witch, the Wasp, Wonder Man, Voodoo, and Hercules. And it's a pretty great cover. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I like. Uh... Oh, you like falling asleep? Hey, it's hard <laughs> making a baby. <laughs> I I really like the just position between Scarlet Witch and Wasp. Yeah, looks pretty cool. Looks pretty cool. Uh Mark Brooks of course is a great artist. Um anyway, uh basically in this story, uh funny enough the grandmaster who was just in Thor Ragnarok <laughs> um and his buddy or not ex-buddy um oh, what's his name? The Challenger maybe. I don't remember exactly. I you read this comic. I did. It's been a while. It's been a while. Um, anyway, you know, they had the game with the Pyramoids, um, with the teams of bad guys, and we have this Voyager girl who is the long-lost Avenger. Um, and we have certain heroes that are frozen. Um, 
So in this one, Johnny Storm had just quote-unquote died. Of course, he just got absorbed by the Pyramid, but that sends Rogue off. But anyway, the cool thing about this, um, and of course we have a tease of the Immortal Hulk coming up. But the cool thing about this one um, is our Wolverine scene, or our Logan scene, is in Peru. And it actually kind of fits the story. They've been kind of random, like, you know, just missed the story. But this one's like right smack in the middle, and Logan is frozen, like some of our other heroes. Okay, that's why he's blue. That's why he's blue, yes. Okay, but he's walking meat. Like, he can walk and be frozen? Oh, no, he's stuck. He's on the same step. Oh, Yeah, so he was walking until he got froze. Okay. And so, anyway, I thought that was kind of cool that it actually, like, showed how it related to the story. Um, this particular issue, the story gets better. Um, we find out uh, some more about, you know, what's going on with Jarvis. And um, I got to say, Paco Diaz, someone give him a weird science beast miniseries because that's some amazing art he does. And the the issue with Red Wolf, is I mean, Hawkeye, Really, really good. And then, of course, we find out, spoilers, that Voyager is a fraud. She made people remember that they forgot to remember her. Okay. <laughs> I think I followed yeah. that one. Anyway, the by far the highlight of this No Surrender story so far has been the, the different art teams. All fantastic art. Um, I'm going to give Avengers 683 out of six claws, but if you're enjoying the series... Um, 681 through 683 are, are better issues, I thought. So the series is kind of starting to pick up and be more fun. And less about the, the Contest of Champions rip-off story. Well, I, I mean, it's not really a rip-off. It's just familiar feeling. Hunger Games? Contest of Champions came out way before Hunger Games. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no problem. All right, so next up we have Wolverine in the back of Marvel 2 and 1, number 3 which is written by Chip Zdarsky, art by Valerio, Valerio Shitty. Um, Who? Shitty. Okay. <laughs> Who? <laughs> He's a great artist. We will not disparage his name. Um, the Where's Wolverine page is by Carlos Pacheco and Rafael Fontarez. Uh, colors by Frank Martin. Letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. The cover is by Jim Chung and Frank Martin. And on the cover we have The Thing and Johnny Storm in a whirlpool. That's a cool cover. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, um, The Thing has kind of tricked Johnny Storm into trying to find the Fantastic Four. Um, Doctor Doom Iron Man is kind of following along he's trying to get rid of the mad thinker who is trying to replace the fantastic four um it's actually a pretty funny story uh thing and johnny come to visit hercules because he had lost his power and gotten it back and then he takes him to see the scientist um dr um shoot um i read all these issues way too long ago um Anyway, the doctor is in, and she uh, can restore powers, but for a cost, and she's working on Hydro Man, but he gets mad when he sees the Fantastic Four, and they all fight. It's just, it's a really fun issue. 
Lots of good dialogue. Um, eventually, though, we get to our Where's Wolverine page, and Hydro Man has escaped, and he happens upon a campfire. And he's like, all right, give me all your food and supplies. And we get a snicked. And he says, Bub, you just made the biggest mistake in your life and the last. Uh-oh. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think we'll ever see this fight between Logan and Hydro Man. <laughs> Probably not. But we know Wolverine's going to win. Um, anyway, it's a great little page. What do you think of it? Yeah, I like how Wolverine's, the his head and shoulders break the plane. Yeah. Yeah, the panels. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. I mean, and he's out in his, his cowboy hat and his wife beater and boots at a campfire. It seems like if if Logan's going to wander around, he's going to have some campfires. Yeah. So, and Hydra Man tries to put it out with his water powers. <laughs> anyway, this issue's really fun. Um, I'm really enjoying the series so far. I would give issue three, five out of six claws. Okay. All right, next up, we have... Black Panther number 170, which is written by Todd Nehisi Coates, art by Leonard Kirk, formerly of All New Wolverine, by the way. Mm. Uh, colors by Frank, I'm sorry, colors by Laura Martin this time. Uh, letters by VC's Joe Sabino. Um, and the cover is by Phil Noto. It's a pretty cool cover. We have a hot pink background of Claw, uh, flanked by Black Panther, Storm, and uh, his guards. Um, I forget what the Dodge. There was a pronunciation guide, and I don't remember what it was. But um, the the just badass female cadre of guards that Wakanda has, gracing the cover as well. Um, anyway. I'm so glad I get to talk about this comic for just a second because this story is great. Uh, Black Panther is consistently one of the best books on the shelves. And anyway, it just continues the story of the the gods that have left and the gods that have come and whether they're real or not. And we're looking for our captive... um, Oh, uh, shoot. Not Io... Asira. Anyway, uh, spoiler, she turns out to be Ra's the ex- Exhorter, which is the bad guy and surprises everybody. But um, but also Storm and some reinforcements show up. It's just a great issue, great art. Um, love this comic. So anyway, um, cannot recommend this comic enough. I know that was really short and doesn't really give it justice, but a great, great issue. Then we go backwards a little bit in the comic. For the Where's Wolverine page, and it's where um um <laughs> dang it uh Gateway's son, what's his name? Good grief, this is terrible. Worst podcast ever. Um, Eden, right? I think. Um, anyway, he goes to get Storm for Black Panther at a restaurant in Harlem, and uh Logan's coming to find Storm. But he just missed her. He's like, familiar scent. I guess he wasn't looking for Storm. He just walked by. But he smelled Storm, but she was gone. Anyway, it's a fun little panel, and uh, I get why it would be Aaron's favorite. I think it's probably one of mine as well. Um, 
Anyway, I'm going to give uh, Black Panther number 170, six out of six claws. What do you think of the little Wolverine page? It's cute. Yeah, I like it. I mean, he's just kind of walking down the street. Storm was just there. He's like, wait a second. <laughs> but, but, but then he just kind of shrugs it off and keeps walking. <laughs> it's pretty great. And I'm glad I got to talk about that book because there's also an alternate future Wolverine in uh, the Black Panther annual number one, which is, has a bunch of stuff. Uh, it has a story written by Priest with art by Mike Perkins and cover colors by Andy Troy. Uh, has a story by Dominic Gregor and Daniel Acuna. And it has a story by Reggie Hudland, Ken Lashley, and Matt Mia. And then, of course, all the letters are by VCs Joe Sabino, with design by Manny Medeiros, uh, and the cover by Daniel Acuna, and the variant cover by Brian Stelfreeze. And both these covers are awesome. Uh, the Stelfreeze cover is Black Panther jumping out of the uh, canopy of trees. And then the Acuna cover is um, a kind of tease for the uh, the story coming up. I literally at the comic shop like had them both in my hands and was like, uh, I don't know which one to get. I eventually went with the Stelfries one, but the Acuna one is also great. Um, and these stories are all fine. They're kind of compared to the main book, feel a little bit inconsequential. And plus, they're kind of like alternate future stories. And they're fun, but nothing just overly special to me. Um, I did like Lashley's art better than what I've in, been seeing in gold. Um, I thought it was, it was better. Um, anyway, I'm going to give the annual overall three out of six claws. But, but don't let that deter you from checking out the book. Like I said, it's one of the, one of the best books out there right now. Black Panther. All right. So there's also an page in X-Men Red, number two, but I'm going to save that for when I talk about it with Georgie and Dan. Okay. So, finally, we're ready for Infinity Countdown. It's the final countdown. No, it's the Infinity Countdown. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you already have a song for no, it? No, no, but you made me think of that. Oh. And so, there you go. So, we are finally going to talk about Infinity Countdown Prime, number one. You ready? Yep. All right. So, this is written by Gary Dugan, or Duggan. I don't know. Or maybe it's Jerry. <laughs> I guess I should find these things out. Um, <laughs> that would probably be a good podcaster. Yeah. yeah, well. Anyway, art by Mike Diodato Jr., colors by Frank Martin, and letters by VC's Corey Pettit. Woohoo! And the cover is by Diodato Jr. and Frank Martin. And on the cover, we have six little paws holding six infinity stones, one of which is Logan's. And we also recognize, I guess, Gamora and or Drax. Um, Adam Warlock. Um, oh, no, that's got to be the scroll guy because he has it. Um, no, that's the scroll guy with the thing hand. Is that Gamora? I don't know. That's a very manly looking hand. Yeah, who had the other stone? Do we know yet? I guess we'll Wait, get. To what's back here? They, look, they had color coded faces. No, no. I saw it. What? Keep going. I mean, the Ultron guy has a stone. Hang on. Maybe I. You. Maybe you went. You. All right. We'll get to it. Right the there. 
Is that? Oh no, that's from a different story. Oh. Um. Anyway, uh, we have uh Turk, who has a stone, and the Super Scroll, Captain and Captain Marvel. Marvel. So, and then the Green Hand, which is whoever it is. I forget. We'll get there. Anyway, I love this issue because it has a nice little diagram of what the Infinity Stones are and how they work. And they're new colors because they got recolored <laughs> in okay. the new iteration of the universe. Um, but we start off somewhere in the wilds of Canada. And as he would, we have Logan camping. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he sees the wolf and he says... Run along now. You don't want no part of me. And he squashes his beer can. And we get what I'm going to say is a nomination for Snicked of the Year. Yeah, I like that Snicked. We have a really cool Snicked in white space. And then in the letters, we see Wolverine's face. It is nice. I like it. It's really cool. And it's kind of a, he's back, (laughs) which is pretty great. And he's surrounded by some Ultron type robots who want the Infinity Stone. And typical Logan uh, says, hell, you all look even worse than you smell. <laughs> and he he still has one bone claw and one animal. Oh, that's old man, no, that's old man Logan. Oh, this okay. is regular Logan. Oh, it just, it's just the way that it's drawn, I guess the angle I'm yeah, looking at. Yeah, no, Neodato is still drawing a very square, squatty Logan, which is, his version is not my favorite, but it's still pretty good. Um, but he says, I do have one question before I kill you all. How many of these stupid rocks does Ultron have? <laughs> so Logan's trying to figure it out. We see that he's got it in his pocket, which I thought was funny. Um, and he just it's does. It's the safest place. Yeah. He just does what he does. He starts cutting up robots, just slicing and dicing. He gets captured in like this purple bubble. But he teleports out because he has the space gem and he can teleport. So he does that, and he, I love, he goes, um, what does he say here? Or maybe it's not, oh, yeah, yeah, it's right here. He goes, boy, baffin' is fun. I love that he, uh, he automatically correlates it to Nightcrawler, one of his best friends. I thought yeah. that was really great. Um, he just continues to slaughter these Ultron hybrids, but then Loki shows up, and he's like, hello, Logan. <laughs> that was pretty funny. And um, he tries to cut him. <laughs> he says, he kind of plays it off as like, well, I was just making sure it was really you right. watching it heal and uh, turn about as fair play as Logan gives the traditional claws through the chin. Um, luckily, we get a little square that edits out the popping out of the eyeball. <laughs> Does it really? Well, I mean, you don't actually see it pop out. Uh-huh. Um, Right now, you just see it skewered. Right. Uh, anyway, so I thought this was a great page of him cutting up Loki, and Loki's like, oh, man, come on. <laughs> and he's just here to talk. He wants to get the stone from Logan. Um, and Logan's like, pass. And Loki's like, but, 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 I need it. Um, and Logan has a has a fair play. He says, "Well, maybe I can use it for mutants, like to protect us and make you know make things a little better for us." And um, and he's like, "Well, I don't know if I can trust myself with it, but I sure as hell can't trust you." Um, 
<laughs> Loki says, be reasonable, you intemperate woolly dwarf. <laughs> that was really funny. Um, <laughs> you don't, don't you have giant robots to fight or ninjas to clobber? Don't you realize how dangerous this is? Um, Loki's like, yeah, but you're pretty dangerous too. And Loki kind of sets the tone for the, this whole story. He's like, there's a lot of people... Uh, there's a lot of people looking for these rocks. And they're going to come looking for you. And he's like, well... I got more pockets, bub. <laughs> and he teleports away. And Loki takes it out on the robots. And, um... Yeah, basically the rest of the story is kind of introducing who has the different stones. And kind of setting up like this big adventure quest like everyone's gonna be looking for the stone so we meet Turk who of course is a daredevil villain um, he has one of the stones he's gonna make a play in the underworld we have Captain Marvel has a stone and they talk about all the Captain Marvels and of course she just got it from her series which just uh, temporarily ended um, I like how the last panel a hero cut off is DC's Captain Marvel, Shazam. <laughs> they can't quite show it, but kind of a nod or a, a poke at the, the name share. Right. So that was pretty funny, pretty clever. Um, we see, of course, the uh, Nova Corps protecting the giant pink rock. So maybe that was Gamora's hand. No, that's not. Well, yeah, it could be. Um, I don't know. Anyway, the Guardians of the Galaxy, that's kind of where the story's going to go. And we see the Super Scroll um, has found a rock on the planet Scar. That's why the planet came back. And then, of course, Adam Warlock's going to try to get one. Thanos is going to try to get one. And we have Magus, or Magus, um, who is destroyed by Ultron, or at least temporarily in the, the Talking Head. Um who convinces Ultron to be careful. And then we see that Henry Pym gets stuck inside the soul world, the soul gem, um, with old lady Gamora. And the end begins. And we get a really nice kind of history of all the Infinity Gem stuff, including some history of Adam Warlock. So if you have the comic, I definitely recommend reading that. Um, So what did we think of the art? It was okay. Just okay for you? Well, okay. I told you after I read this that I was thoroughly confused. <laughs> yeah, and I don't necessarily blame you. Um, it was a lot to take in without reading everything that's going on right now. Yes, and so because I was confused, while I found the art interesting and I was enjoying it, I was also going, did I miss a speech bubble? Like <laughs> Right. And so I was hunting for like, did I read this in the right order? So, <clears throat> yeah, I I enjoyed the art, but there is a lot going on on almost every page. There is. This is jam-packed. It's a yeah. jam-packed issue. And and I, w- I will say to Denise's point, it's for kind of a first introductory issue, it's not a very good jumping on point. Um, no, it's a horrible jumping on point. <laughs> Uh, that said, if you are reading kind of all the Marvel stuff leading up to this, it's a very satisfying transition from what's going on in the Marvel Universe in general 
to compact into this story is going to lead up to this event. So in that regard, I thought it was a really good issue, but I could see why Denise is probably not going to like it as much as me. Yeah. It was one of those I felt like I should have asked you, what do I need to know before this? <laughs> well, if you read like the, the background, that gives you some stuff. I think it gives you a lot, but... It doesn't give you much. You're definitely better served to have read all the Marvel books. <laughs> I would agree to that. So, all right. Well, what? Well, a, what do you think about Logan's part in this story? It's interesting. I guess. Have we learned yet, like, how he escaped from the adamantium? No, not yet. That's all coming up. Okay. Because I get the whole Pulp Fiction jumping around type storytelling, but I'm getting really annoyed. <laughs> well, patience. I think that all comes up after Infinity. We have all the Hunt for Wolverine storylines coming up this spring. Okay. I just don't see why we're hunting for him after we've found him. Well, we, the reader, have found him. People haven't. People have found him. No. Loki found him. Loki's a god. Ultron found him. You guys are looking for the stone. They weren't really looking for Wolverine. Aquaman or whatever his name is. (laughs) Aquaman. Water man, whatever his name is. Hydro man. Hydro man found him. Yeah, but it's it's not why. He keeps missing all the people that would like spread the news. Mm, I disagree with that. Okay, well, no one cares about Hydro Man. Okay. Like I'm a just, Z-list villain. All right, I just... No, because we read a comic book where Kitty Pride was like... She goes to the open... Bless you, that was young Jean. Right, but yeah. like... But she's trapped in space right now. Oh and she can't goodness. tell anybody. <laughs> No, I just I don't know. I right. I don't. Well, fair enough. Agree. Yeah, that's with fine. How they've jumped him back into this. Yeah. And I. I'm just. I admire the Pulp Fiction storytelling. I'm just I'm over it. Okay, well, I'm just glad to see him back in action, kicking ass and well, no, I cutting I'm, stuff okay. up. I'm I'm glad to see him back in action. But like, come on, Loki knows where he is. Like, if Loki knows, then Thor knows. If Thor knows, then Iron Man knows. Like, let's get the domino effect going here. Well, why? That doesn't, I don't think that's true, though. Why would Loki tell Thor? He's trying to get the stone for himself. Why would he tell anybody? Well, because I'm assuming if Loki's going after an Infinity Stone, Thor's got to know that Loki's up to something. Mm, I would say no based on what's going on in the Thor book right now. Oh, what? Okay, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna keep my opinions to myself. Well, no, it's fine. I just it makes sense to me, but it doesn't have to make sense to you. That's fine. Yeah, but if it makes sense to you, then other people out there are gonna be like, "She's an idiot." No, I think there's probably several people that are frustrated with the fact that he's back and we haven't got the reveal yet. I I don't mind these little where's Wolverine and these little pop-ups here and there but oh we forgot to say what our favorites were no we said it it was the one where he sniffed 
Oh yeah, yeah. Black Panther's one. I also really like the uh, the Hydro Man one, and I like the first one with Captain America a lot too. Anyway, my point of contention is: what are we on? Six months longer of what that we've seen that Wolverine has escaped from oh, his a couple show. months. It's almost six months. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. Okay. We're in March, so February, January, December, November, October, right around then. Anyway, six months is too long to drag this out. Just saying. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, um, I thought the part with him fighting with Loki was really cool. Um I thought, and that's not an interaction you normally get to see. So I thought that was fun because, you know, Logan, Loki, argument, brawl, whatever is, is outside of the the normal path and crossing of these characters. So I enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, and I enjoyed seeing where the other stones were. And I don't know, I'm, I'm stoked about this kind of hunt for the stones, kind of this, I don't know, almost like high adventure story of, of, almost Indiana Jones quality of people trying to hunt down these stones and, and put them together for ultimate power, infinite power. So I thought it was a really good uh, introductory issue. Um, like I said, I'm probably going to like it a lot more than you. So what are you going to grade Infinity Countdown Prime? Okay. I I have to put a disclaimer on my score. So... My score is based from the standpoint of this was not a jump into book. Right. So it gets two out of six. Okay. I'm going to give it a very hearty. Um, you know you want to give it five out of six or six out of six. No, five out of six. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. can just tell. The way you reflip, it means you're on the fence. <laughs> yeah. So five out of six for me. I'm stoked about infinity. Um, now, it's kind of weird because Infinity Countdown number one has Logan on the cover, the Nick Bradshaw cover, popping out of the Infinity Gauntlet knuckles uh, where the stones are supposed to be. But he's not actually in the issue. Um, he's just popping out of the cover? He's popping out of the cover. Uh, basically, this story picks up exactly where Guardians 150 ended um, with the Raptors trying to get the stone and the Nova Corps trying to protect it, and the Guardian showing up, and they're also fighting the the Gardener with the evil Groots. So it's a great issue, and Groot comes back to actual regular Groot, which I'm super excited about. But he can talk, so something weird happened with the Gardener. But anyway, at the very end in Madripoor, we have Black Widow, which I guess, spoiler, she really is alive, um, which I've been really, really enjoying. Tells of suspense, by the way, trying to figure that out. Um, but she feels like it's a trap in Madripoor. She got a message, a marker, and for a hideout that only two people know about. One is dead, and the other one wouldn't dare. But there's no trap, no booby traps, no danger. So is the person she thought was dead not really dead? Mm-hmm. And there's a note from Logan, and he hid the gym in the back of a toilet for her to find and take care of. Great. And she's like, son of a gun. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, it's a great issue. I highly recommend it. A really fun start to Infinity Countdown. Um, no, no actual Wolverine, but he's he's in the story, kind of. He wrote a note. He wrote a note, and he hid. I mean, how Logan is this? He hides in an Infinity Gym in the in back, the of, a back of a toilet <laughs> in the tank. <laughs> that's where we hide all of in our Madripoor. Positions. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's where my wedding ring goes. I don't wear it. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, anyway, I thought that was really funny, and I highly recommend this issue as well. So, with that, we're going to take a break. That seems like a good infinity segue to let Al drop some infinity knowledge on us um, about the Adam Warlock issue. And then we'll come back and talk about our Wolverine books. All right. Take it away, Al. Hello, I'm Al Sedano from Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast. I was listening to one of the more recent episodes of this podcast. And it was the one where Jason was talking about the Infinity Countdown Adam Warlock one-shot special. He went through it and it was really good. But I know he said there were some things he wasn't sure of since he doesn't know the full history of Adam. He's not always up to date on that. So I figured I'd give him a hand and record this real quick as a little an- second annotation. Help catch everybody up with what's going on here. Now, I don't have time to re-listen to his episode. So if there's anything I say in here that he already said, it's just because I forgot about that he said it. I'm not... I want to say mansplaining, but I, does that count if I'm talking to another guy? I'm not infinity-splaining this, okay? I just don't remember if you have mentioned this or not. By the way, when I do this, I'm going to give page numbers. Obviously, there are no page numbers actually in the book. So I had to count them out myself. So if you're following along here, when I say page one, I'm starting with the first story page one. Not the page that gives you like the little recap and has the credits. The first actual page of the story and we're only counting story pages we are not counting any of the ads all right let's begin page one which is the one where adam comes out of the cocoon and kang's there behind kang that big stone ship cannon thing with the aztec looking architecture on it i'm pretty sure that's from jack kirby's eternals i'm really sure i remember seeing that i think in eternals number one page two the first panel in the background because some of the things that kang has on the wall is Ogun's Mask and the Ultimate Nullifier. I think he mentioned Ogun's Mask. Anyway. Okay, panel two. We have Claw's head and his sonic blaster cannon. Page three on the first panel, we have a couple Iron Man armors, including what looks like the Mark I armor. All right, now we're on page four and five with the big two-page Rama first showing his origin in the first few panels, which is from Fantastic Four 66 and 67. And then the rest of the two pages is Adam Warlock, when he was still called him, trying to kidnap the Lady Sif and fighting Thor. Those are from Thor 165 and 166. The next two page things of page 6 and 7, well, the stuff in page 6 where Adam goes into the cocoon and flies away from Thor, that's also part of Thor 166. Him coming out of the cocoon wearing the lightning bolt costume, which was inspired by DC's Captain Marvel. That comes from Marvel Premiere number one. Pages eight and nine, the first two panels where you see him with the High Evolutionary and fighting the Man-Beast, that was when he was the hero of Counter-Earth, which was created by the High Evolutionary. And that's from Marvel Premiere one and two, Warlock number one through eight, and Hulk 
176 through 178. The next two panels, where he fights the Magus, even with and with Thanos' help, is a really condensed version of his story from Strange Tales 178 to 181 and Warlock 9 through 11. The bottom half of those two pages, where he's fighting Thanos alongside Captain Captain Marvel and the Avengers and Spider-Man and the Thing. That is from Avengers Annual 7 and Marvel 2 and 1 Annual 2. It was a two-part story from 1977. The weird thing about that is when it shows that last panel where it shows him with the dead Pip, Gamora, and Drax. Drax was not in that story at all. And so the next page where they show Soul World, Adam Warlock had the soul gem. And he could pull souls out of someone's body and basically kill them but take their soul. They went to this place called Soul World, and it was almost like a heaven. Everyone was happy there. No one had a problem. Even people who were formerly enemies were now friendly to each other. It was paradise. Drax was never in Soul World. Because like I said a minute ago, after Avengers Annual 7 and Marvel 2-1 Annual 2, when Thanos is killed and turned to stone, Adam, Gamora, and Pip are dead, and they're all in Soul World. Drax was still alive. Drax was never in that story. Drax does die, but he dies in Avengers number 220 in 1982, five years later. Now, is this a mistake? Or is this intentional? I don't know. Alright, next page, page 11, when Kang and Adam are talking about when Adam left Soul World finally and see him with the Infinity Gauntlet. Obviously, that's from Infinity Gauntlet number 1. All right, and then we get the big two-page spread from 12 and 13 where they see a glimpse of the future and they see all the dead people. I just, from based on who the characters were, I just assumed this was just the future of the current Marvel Universe. You know, these were all the current characters. Now, Gamora's the only one alive, and it looks like she's, she's there looking at the silhouette of Thanos. Or, again, is that a trick? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Next page, page 14, just a little Easter eggs in the background. Panel 3, we got the Cosmic Cube. We got the Winter Soldier's arm, both of Captain America's shields. The helmet Cap wore in the first movie. Spidey's mask, the Green Goblin mask, and what looks like the Hulkbuster Iron Man helmet. And then Kang sends Adam away. And two things about that. First of all, go back and starting with, let's see what page... Page 3, when they go into time, through page 17, when Kang confronts the whoever the villain is, you got a little hourglass in the bottom right-hand corner of all the pages, and you can see the sands going down and down and down until that last page when Kang is killed and the hourglass is gone. That was a cool little thing, and I'm wondering, because Jason was wondering about how the time travel thing, how they had to worry about being out of time. I have to, I'm just going to assume that Kang has enough time stuff that maybe he was able to shield themselves, shield him and Adam for a certain period of time before whoever the attacker was could make it bust through there, like almost like a bubble of time that protected them. So it took the villain time to bust through it. And that's why he had to rush at him this last time and do a different plan because this is the last chance that guy was going to bust it in a few minutes. I know, time travel is weird. Page 19, where we have the page where it's just the silhouette of Kang against the wall, which is creepy. On the last panel, there's a little chair for drawing board. It's actually on every panel, I just realized. <laughs> I'm pretty certain, I think that's Jack Kirby's desk, which is really cool. Okay, we jump ahead, because there's not really much going on there. 
page 23, we get Ramatut. Yeah, Ramatut, who used to be Iron Lad from the Young Avengers, will eventually become Kang the Conqueror, might become Immortus, might become the Scarlet, Cent Scarlet Centurion. Yeah, he's confusing. Just know Ramatut ends up becoming Kang. It's good enough. But yeah, there's a lot of weird crap with them. There's like 20 identities. And then finally we get to page 28 where Ramatup proves that no matter what, he's still a dick. As he stabs at him. But the whole time travel thing I mentioned a minute ago, that's to me makes sense because that's why Kang could send Adam back to Ramatut. But then Ramatut had to send Adam to the future the long way. You know, he has a bubble of protection over himself and Adam. Does the time travel thing. Doesn't work, doesn't work. You know, keeps trying to change it. This last time, it's like, okay, the shield's only going to last a few more minutes. Our time. Let's try one last different effort. And now once Adam gets to Ramatut, if he go, travels through time again, the guy will detect him. That's why he has to go through the long way. Ramatut's still a dick for stabbing him in the back. All right, that's it. I hope this made sense. Hope this isn't, did not confuse anybody. If you want to hear more about Adam Warlock, then come to my show, Resurrections, an Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. Find it on iTunes, just type in Adam Warlock. We're pretty much the only thing that pops up. Or on Twitter, at AdamThanosPod. We're here for your Adam Warlock and Thanos needs. Back to you, Jason. All right. Thank you so much, Al. That was great. And, of course, please, listeners, go get, if you don't already listen to his podcast, the Resurrections podcast about Adam Warlock and Thanos, go check it out. Um, it's a great show. And also, I was recently on an episode. You were? Yeah. We talked about uh, a Thanos cameo in an old Avengers comic. It was really fun. And Al, of course, has been on our show before and did some flashback. And depending on when I put this out, um, I will either have just sent or I'm about to send him a couple of different options on coming back on. So um, we'll be hearing some more from Al down the road. And um, yeah, I just really appreciate that. The one thing I would say, and not to not to <laughs> argue with my guests, it's not even here, because uh, it's not really a, a disagreement, um, but, and I don't know, because Al knows way more about all this cosmic stuff than I do, and I completely trust him 1,000% more than myself when it comes to anything Marvel cosmic. Um, so I don't know when or where it happened. Mm-hmm. And... Assuming that the Soul Stone has no set, like, sense of time, then maybe it's... Because Al said it was kind of like heaven, which makes sense with what I've read. And so, you know, assuming there's, like, this internal quality to it and then the time really has no meaning, then I don't know where in the timeline it would fit. But, again, it just kind of got thrust on me as a new reader, but... In the latest volumes of Guardians of the Galaxy, Drax is definitely in the, in the Soul Stone. So I don't know how or when he got put there, but he is there because it sacks Drax. Um, there's a piece, <laughs> or a Kenny G the Destroyer, whichever way you want to call it. But it's the old Drax costume playing saxophone um, in the, in, left in the Soul Stone while regular Drax is out running around. Um, that's why there's old lady Gamora. Regular Interesting. Gamora, yeah. So anyway, uh, maybe someone else knows how we got there. I don't, but 
Um, he is definitely in there. But anyway, that's enough of that. Um, again, thank you, Al, for, for sending that over. Um, I really appreciate it and taking the time to answer my question. That was, that was really cool of you. All right. Well, moving along, we're finally <laughs> going to talk about the the two Wolverine books to end February. We have All New Wolverine, number 31, and Old Man Logan, number 35. All New Wolverine, number 31, of course, is written by Wolvie Award winner Tom Taylor. Art by Marco Faya? Faya? I don't know. Uh, colors by Wolverine, I'm sorry, by Wolvie Award winner Nolan Woodard. And letters by VC's Corey Pennant. Woohoo! Also, also a Wolvie Award winner. Yeah. And our cover is by David Lopez. Of course, you remember it kicked off All New Wolverine as the main artist. Um, I really like this cover. It's kind of a yellow background with Wolverine and Deadpool kind of coming at you. Yeah, it also has a... Uh Kind of like a vintage vibe to it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It definitely does. I think it's really cool. I don't mind it. I like it. Yeah. So go check it out. All right. This is kind of a nice, just kind of one and done story that's pretty nifty. It's fun. It's really fun. So Jonathan the Wolverine breaks the Pelican statue, which has been a staple in this book from the get go. Yeah. Like, and, can't leave home without it kind of thing. Yeah. And so what happens after that? So Laura's like, okay, Jonathan, or Laura comes in and says, Jonathan's eating the pelican statue. It's time for you to take your pet for a walk, basically. Yeah, to Gabby. And Gabby's like, yeah, are we sure he really wants a walk? And she was like, man, if there was only a way we could read his mind. Oh, wait, there <laughs> is. They put the little doohickey, what do they call it? A universal translator yeah, thing. they put it around his neck and he's like, need outside, sunshine, air, taste of other bird statue. <laughs> I love how his thoughts are like one worded. Right. Yeah. So Gabby takes Jonathan for a walk, but he gets a sniff of something and he just takes off running like yeah. our dog with a we, rabbit. I was going to say, it looks like you walk in Max. Yes. You're flying behind him with the leash in the air. Which actually happened once. <laughs> I told you about my running story, right? Yeah. yeah. I had Max and I had one earbud in so I could, you know, yell at him. <laughs> <laughs> and I say yell at him. When Max sees a rabbit or a squirrel, he goes for it. And so the command for him not to go for it is leave it. Right. And so I would keep an eye out. I was constantly like looking around. And if I saw a rabbit, I'd yell out leave it leave it and he would he would still run with me you could tell he wanted to chase it but he wouldn't some song comes on my headset i'm all rocking out to it i'm more paying attention to like are there other dogs coming down the street because do i need to cross the street for them and max saw a rabbit and he took off and i was not paying attention and he nearly pulled my arm out of my socket (laughs) So this scene right here with Gabby flying behind Jonathan, been there, done that. Yeah. So they get to a, Jonathan takes Gabby to a lab and his little universal translator that he's still wearing says, bad place, hurt Jonathan, 
hurt family. So Gabby calls Wolverine. No. Oh, no, she doesn't. Who does she call? Besides Ghostbusters. Deadpool. Yeah, her best friend. Yeah. I thought that was a random... She kind of explains it. Well, they've already had the issue where they got where they decided they were best friends. So yeah. I think it makes sense. That, and plus, this is kind of sketchy. She doesn't want to involve Wolverine. So she calls Deadpool, who's in the middle of skewering some people. Yeah, but she asks, are you busy? Nah. <laughs> right. Can you come help me? Why don't you call your, you know, why don't you call Wolverine? Eh. And he's like, I, I love his questions. <laughs> he goes, um, is this something Wolverine can help you with? Um, I'm not sure. Is it unethical? I don't think so. Is it illegal? Definitely. All right. I'll be right there. <laughs> yeah. And he throws a dead guy on the ground. Yep. Yep. And then Deadpool <laughs> is completely enamored with Jonathan. Yes. Especially when he learns he can talk. Until yes. Jonathan says he's going to use his face off. <laughs> he's like, all right. <laughs> Taking a step back. Uh, so Gabby kind of explains this is probably where Jonathan escaped from and that they had tests done on him and his family lives there. So Deadpool's like, so we're going to blow it up? Burn it down, yeah. Yeah, and Gabby's like, well, you know, maybe set the animals free and then maybe blow it up. (laughs) And Deadpool's all right, all right, I'm with you, let's do it. So, but this is protected by two heavily armed guards. And of course, Gabby's like, how many armed guards do you need? And he's like, well, you know. So Gabby distracts them while Deadpool chloroforms them. Gabby thinks that's cool. So, of course, Deadpool, in his responsible <laughs> adult ways, gives her a bottle of chloroform. Yeah. He says, all my pouches have chloroform in it. Yeah. Which and you never get tired of Deadpool pouch jokes. No. And what cracks me up is Gabby goes, so really, like when you leave, before you leave the house, you're like, keys, phone, chloroform. <laughs> um, but Gabby. <laughs> yeah. So Gabby gets in her Wolverine or her Honey Badger uh, outfit. Some guy comes running up. Gabby chloroforms him, but she is doesn't catch him. Right. She just lets him fall. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I should have caught him, right? Yeah. And Deadpool's like, yeah, I'm going to your first chloroforming. Don't beat yourself up. Yeah. So they go to the computer room and he's like, wow, this is easy. I can unlock all the cages from here. So he unlocks all of them. They go into a room, but... <laughs> zombie bunnies and zombie squirrels. Yep. So they're like, well, they're already <laughs> dead, so... And Gabby's like, they've made zombies cute. <laughs> <laughs> and then, one of my favorite panels. So we get Shing as Deadpool pulls his swords out. And a double snitch from Gabby. She says... I'm sorry someone did this to you, but come, we'll end it. Hippity hop to your doom. <laughs> uh, so they start slashing bunnies. Yep. And then they... <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other best page. Yeah. Um, they, they're in a hall with a vending machine, and there's a zombie sloth at the other end of the hall. And it's coming towards them. Yeah. But Deadpool's like, hey, we got time. Uh, you want a soda? Yep. And I love because every other panel, like the sloth, is like reaching with his arm, like he's gonna scratch. Yeah. Yeah. So they get a soda while they wait for the sloth to come. Yeah. And Wolverine uh, shows up. She's tracking Gabby down. 
Yeah. Um, sees the zombie animal carcasses. She says, Deadpool. And <laughs> Deadpool turns around and he's got skewered squirrels on both. <laughs> both swords. Yeah. And like, this isn't what it looks like. <laughs> and she's like, it looks like you have skewered or squirrel kebabs. <laughs> and like, oh, yeah, actually it is what it looks like. <laughs> and then they talk about it. Honey Badger and Jonathan show up. And surprisingly, Wolverine's like totally down. Like, yeah, let's let's kill these guys, save the animals. So, in Walking Dead style, which this is what it totally reminded me of. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a door on it that's painted, the pit. The pit, and there's a guy, crazy guy, in front of it. This is the mad scientist, the guy that's been doing all this. Yeah, and he's like, "I've done this. I've changed. I'm going to change the world. They didn't want me to do it, but I did it anyway." And Deadpool opens the double doors that say the pit. And sure enough, it is. It's a a giant pit pit with... Jonathan's zombie family. Yeah, which is kind of sad. It's kind of sad. It's kind of a heavy moment in a comic that's been super light. Yeah. And... uh, And they, they determined that it's really not even about science. It's just this guy having fun. Yeah, he's just, he's insane. Yeah. And he yeah. says he's going to shoot and kill everybody. And Wolverine goes, nope, I don't think so. Yeah. And he she, saws off his shotgun. And Jonathan growls at him. Since he doesn't have a weapon, he starts backing up. And oops, he falls into the pit. Yeah. And we hear, <laughs> and they're Arr. like, yeah. <coughs> She's like, I think it's. Wolverine says, I think it's over. Yep. And he give, Deadpool gives Honey Badger the lighter. She lights the building on fire and they watch it burn. But it cracks me up because Deadpool's like, hey, you you know badasses like don't turn around and look at the fire. They just walk <laughs> away from it. Yeah. And she's like, I know. And then he's like, do you want to do you want to sit and watch it burn? And they're like, yep. So they sit on a wall and they watch it burn. And I think it's cute because Jonathan's sitting there and he goes, old family gone, new family here. And Deadpool goes, oh, you big softy. And he goes, we'll eat your, f- we'll eat a piece of you while you sleep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll eat a piece of you while you sleep. Yeah. And they're like, oh, catharsis <laughs> is pretty. As they watch the lab burn. Yeah. What do you think of the art? I'm not familiar with, um, what was it, Marco? Yeah, Marco Faila, I don't know. But I really enjoyed it. I did too. The only thing I thought was just a hair weird. And I'm guessing he was trying... He was trying to draw like the gloss on Gabby's black lipstick. But in certain parts, it looks like she's... Like here. Well, that's more coloring than art, don't you think, though? Well, maybe. Where's the part that really bugged me? Like right here. Like. Oh. Uh, yeah, I, I can see that. There's just certain parts where her lipstick's not solid, but it's not a classic, like, gloss line. Right. The way it's drawn or colored, however you want to put it. But otherwise, I enjoyed it. Yeah, and that was really good. And I thought the story was perfect. The story cracked me up. It is a very quick and easy read. Yeah. 
But Taylor really, he really gets how Deadpool can actually be really great. It doesn't have to be stupid. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I don't love Deadpool. I like Deadpool, but in the wrong hands, he can really wear me out. But I didn't get that at all. And Tom yeah. Taylor just really knows how to strike the balance with Deadpool. And, and part of it is just the Deadpool honey badger interaction is so perfect. Oh, they have amazing and chemistry. And then kind of Wolverine is a straight man. Um, is an interesting kind of twist. And then, you know, having Jonathan talk. I, I don't know, just everything added up to It's a really funny issue, a really fun issue. But it does have the part where, like, Jonathan losing his family, you know. But but they get kind of their revenge at the end where they eat the guy that made them. Um, you know, so it's kind of kind of a hint of darkness, but surrounded by just a lot of really good humor. Yeah. And, you know, some not bad action, too, so. Well, and I, I, there's certain ways that, you know, in essence, it's a story about animal testing, and that can be a very heavy subject. And it can be very heavy-handed as well, and it's not. Like, and it's, it's not, not preachy. No, in fact, it's funny because, you know, Deadpool tries to warn Gabby, like, hey, we don't know what's behind these doors, like, some of these animals may have makeup on them or, you know, they get perfume squirted in their eyes and they open it up and it's zombie bunnies. And he's like, yeah, they're not testing perfume. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it, you know, it's like something serious, but then they kind of turn it a little bit and make it lighthearted and it, it's fun. Yeah. But without downplaying or diminishing right. the real point too. Right. So I don't know. I, you know, Tom Taylor is a very complex writer, um, a very nuanced writer, very just great writer. And this story is just another example of him kind of hitting all the different notes. And I just, I love it. Yeah. No, I do too. But I'm even going to give All New Wolverine number 31 uh, a perfect score. I'm going to give it six out of six claws. I'm going to give it six out of six as well. Nice. So definitely All New Wolverine is one of the best books on the shelf. Yep. And, you know, to a book that's been getting better, um, we have Moon Over Madripoor and Old Man Logan number 35. Is it getting better? Yeah, I think so. We'll, we'll talk about it. Um, written by Ed Brisson, art by Ibrahim Roberson, colors by Carlos Lopez, letters by VCs Corey Pettit, and the cover by Mike Diodato Jr. and Frank Martin. Um, on this cover, we have a beat-up old man Logan, and we have the Scarlet Samurai, a.k.a. Mariko. It looks like she's about to slice him with her lightning sword. I think she's trying to protect him, based on the story. But on the cover, it looks like they're fighting. But didn't didn't you tell me that the cover is just a tease? Well, I mean, yeah, it can be different things. but And definitely, the cover appears antagonistic to me. Yes, it does. So... It's an okay cover. Yeah, it... It's kind of okay. Yeah. I thought. All right, so remember, um, Mariko and Oman Logan have gone to Madripoor to try to get rid of the last of the Regenex, but Gorgon shows up with some hand ninjas, and they're fighting through them. Oman Logan's gotten it pretty bad. Um, Scarlet Samurai is fighting, trying to get her revenge. Um... Gorgon captures Old Man Logan. He's got swords in him. 
And they get a face-off and uh, continue to stab Old Man Logan, who's just not healing very well. He does get a lick in, though. Knocks uh, Gorgon off of him before he collapses and breaks a sword while it's in him. That seems really painful. Um, Gorgon says, you're going to die for that. But Scarlet Samurai jumps in. They fight some more. She's, you know, mad about what's been done to her. Uh, she kind of gets a drop on him. But the hand intervene and spirit away his body. And uh, says, you know, you've won this round, but we'll come back for you. You belong to us. And she basically says, bring it. Um, and, of course, she goes back to Logan. And he collapses. And she eyes the regenics. And we go to a boat. He wakes up screaming. And we find out that she gave him regenics because he wasn't healing. And um, it kind of has not only healed his wounds he had, but maybe alludes to kind of kick-starting his healing factor in general back again. Um, and then kind of a sad... Oh, well, first they go to visit Silver Samurai. And they destroy his lab. Uh, it turns out he did everything he promised he would do. He took care of the orphan kid. Um, he destroyed the regenics, and this was, what was it, like a hair, not a hairspray, um, foot relief, like a foot pain study that right. he was doing. <laughs> I really love this line. He goes, congratulations, you just set foot pain relief research back by weeks. And they're like, oh, sorry, we destroyed your lab. Um, we get a reminder that Wolverine's right hand is bone, or sorry, Old Man Logan's right hand is bone claws. And they part ways, and Silver Samurai's like, please never let me see you again. Yep. Don't then, ever come back. Yeah, and then kind of the sad part of the story, um, you know, they don't, they're not going to stay together. Mariko's like, you know, basically, they basically kind of decide we're not the same people that really knew each other. You know, you, you're back from the dead. I, I'm a man out of time who's hopefully going to be canceled pretty soon. And, <laughs> and then um, she gives him a gift. Says you'll need it later. And we actually don't find out what it is yet. I think I know what it is. What do you think it is? I think it's a vial of virginics. Could be. Possibly. But she says, save it for an emergency, kisses him on the cheek, and disappears into the crowd. And, I don't know, it's just really kind of heartfelt that, like, she's finally free. Whatever I do, it's going to be my choice. And um, they they talk about how neither of them really fit in. Um, how, you know, Logan remembers her as his first love. Um, where they, she knows, like, and it's, they know it's not going to be, for, this This time is not for them to be together. And they both kind of recognize that. And then Logan goes back to Tokyo to get a beer. Okay. What do you think of the art in this book? I liked it. But I it, did there too. wasn't anything that really stood out at me, though. No, no, there were a couple of really good panels. I will say because um, Roberson had a run. Now, he was doing it with another guy on the Weapon X book. I thought his art was kind of flat and stilted. I thought this was a lot better. Um, that, I would say, this is probably, of what I've read of Ibrian Roberson, this is maybe his best issue of art. Um thought he actually did a pretty good job with Old Man Logan. Um, 
was making Woods old, but not like a grandpa, just kind of an older dude. Um, his Gorgon was pretty good. Uh, the Scarlet Samurai armor has not been my favorite, but that's not his fault. I thought he did well with what it was. Um, and I thought the action was pretty good. It, you know, it had some life to it. So, I really liked the panel of Old Man Logan waking up. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought the art was good, and I thought the story was pretty good. I feel like it had actually a little bit of emotional weight. Um, yeah. It made Mariko a nice, strong character. Um, I wasn't crazy about her coming back as kind of a superhero, like, you know, with the suit and stuff. You know, I kind of like her more just... Yeah, you know, I don't. I don't like the idea that every. It's kind of a thing in comics sometimes, where every person who's a major character eventually becomes a hero or gets powers. I'm not always right. a fan of that. Sometimes I like them to just be strong characters in their own right. But I really like what Brisson actually did with her. You know, and in the end of her kind of saying, "All right, this is my life. You do what I want now." Um, and the fact that they didn't stay together, I actually liked. Yeah. But I can also see like how hard it was, particularly for Logan, and how sad that would be. And he actually kind of felt the sadness with him. So I thought he did a really good job there. Yeah. All right. So when are you going to grade Old Man Logan number 35? I'm going to give it four out of six. Me too. Four out of six. Uh, but a pretty healthy four out of six clause for me. Mine's middle of the road. Less healthy. <laughs> All right, well, we'll take another very short break, and then I will come back and finish a couple other books, and then that's going to be it. All right. All right. All right, so we still have a little bit to talk about, um, a few books, and then um, I'm going to run through a little bit about what we know about some upcoming previews. Um, Definitely give me feedback on whether you guys like that or not, (laughs) because I kind of like doing it, but if no one else likes it then it doesn't really matter i mean as much who is my show so i guess anyway regardless uh what we're going to talk about first is the conclusion of deadpool versus old man logan this is issue number five of course written by declan shalvey art by mike kinderson colors by lee luffridge letters by vcs joe sabino and the cover is by shalvey and jordy belair I've been really, really digging these covers. Um, this one I would probably rank five out of five, but it's still pretty good. Um, it's Old Man Logan and Deadpool all battle-torn, clothes ripped up, beaten up a little bit, um, climbing down a mountain of rubble. And, of course, we still have the really brilliant use of white space um, and the really cool banner up top and the numbering. Everything looks great. Um, really the only thing I would say is that... Uh, Old Man Logan looks more like Zombie Man Logan, which is not bad. It makes a great zombie. <laughs> it's just uh, it's not quite maybe as dynamic as some of the previous four covers, but still pretty pretty good. I mean, come on, it's Shelby and Bel Air. I mean, seriously. <laughs> anyway, so this concludes our story about Maddie, the mutant who can teleport things but not people. Or can she? And, of course, we have the agent, um, oh, what's his name? Is he in the, I don't remember. But anyway, the leader, or one of the lead agents for Gen Form um, is trying to track everybody down. 
remember last time Maddie teleported the base away. And so um, the base is kind of hovering above them in a hole in the ground. And Old Man Logan's kind of poking at the girl a little bit to get her to, to try to teleport people. So she does. She teleports Old Man Logan and herself away. The pile falls, falls on Deadpool. Um, he eventually gets out. Old Man Logan's there without the girl. Um, Old Man Logan says, drop it. We get a just great, 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 brutal art by Mike Henderson in Luffridge. This, oh man, this book looks so good. Um, very, very violent, but just so, so good. So they fight. Deadpool doesn't know why Old Man Logan has changed his tune. Lost in just brutal fighting action. And we find out that Maddie was not so innocent. She's not so innocent. <laughs> anyway, it turns out she was a little bit of a, a crook, you know. She accidentally killed her dad by wishing him to be there, but found out that when she teleports people, it makes them really sick and kills them. That's why she didn't want to teleport people. And it turns out she had kind of willingly submitted herself to gen form to try to get tested to try to figure things out. So we realize, of course, that old man Logan got teleported away. He's a person. He gets super sick. His healing factor doesn't quite let him die, but um. anyway, he explains all this to Deadpool, and they decide, okay, well, I guess we both brought a lot of baggage into this situation. You know, me and my daughter, you and your family. Um, and they decide, you know, kind of end things in peace and walk away. And the highlight of the whole series, Deadpool's like fist bump. No man look, he's like, eh, and he kind of does it. Then he, he's like reluctantly gives him a fist bump over like four panels. And then if there was a snicked, and I'm not saying there needs to be, because I kind of like the fact that there's no dialogue or sound effects. But if there was a snicked, this would be a nominee for snicked of the year. Uh, but basically, they're doing the fist bump, and then Old Man Logan is kind of scowling, and then he cracks a big smile as he pops his claws through Deadpool's fist. Best fist bump ever. <laughs> of course, then we go to it two months later. Um, Maddie has uh, finally been found by the Genform agent, and she's like, quit looking for me, and she kills him. And then she goes, I hope those other guys don't look for me either. So... And then she goes off, off to, to be somewhere and do something. May or may not ever see her again. I don't know. I guess it depends on what the what the readers implore of Marvel to do with her. But, um, or, you know, what other writers do or decide not to pick up. You know, I don't know. Anyway, for now, she's gone. And our hero or anti-heroes, whatever, uh, go their separate ways back to their own lives. Um, Again, the story is fine. Nothing really wrong with it or... Whatever, I will say definitely the, the, the fist bump is the highlight of the book. <laughs> uh, but also the art. And this cannot say enough how awesome it was uh, to see Henderson and Luffridge work together. And I cannot wait at all. I just cannot wait uh, to see what Mike Henderson does on Daredevil. I And I've been really, really loving the art in Daredevil as is. You know, Garney... Has been doing some of his best stuff and had some other people kind of do some issues. And it's, it's been a great book, but I, I think Henderson is perfect for that book. And, you know, I had said before I wasn't familiar with him. I've since Googled some of his stuff. I 
season he did nail biter and stuff like that. So um, obviously he has a little uh, little little cred. Um, but I just can't wait to see him just kind of do bigger and bigger things because he's he's a great artist. You know, both his style and and detail. You know, kind of realism, but not too realistic. I mean, definitely still comic booky, but I don't know. Just a great art style, and, and Leopard's colors together. And I don't know if he's doing Daredevil 2 or not with him. I don't know. And it doesn't really matter, because either way, the art will be great. But with these two guys together on this book, made for something very, very visually appealing, um, that really kind of carried the book. Like I said, story, fine. But the art, the visualization is what made this book pop like claws and um so i'm gonna give deadpool versus old man logan number five a very strong four out of six claws mostly for the art and then you know i don't want to hate on i'm not hating on shelby's story it's fine and there's it's, it's a nice entertaining story it's got some fun moments but but to me it's just this book's all about how it looks and it looks so good and that's gonna be where most of my my score comes from all right next up we have Sabretooth. It's not so pussycat anymore. Um, uh, anyway, uh, in Iron Fist number 77, this is Sabretooth round two. Um, art, whatever. <laughs> uh, anyway, Iron Fist, of course, is written right now by Ed Brisson. Art by Mike Perkins. I believe this is his last uh, issue on the title for now, anyway. Angie Troy is the colorist. VCs Travis Lanham is the letterer. And Jeff DeCall or Decal does the cover. On the cover, we have kind of a dragon in the background. And then fighting in the foreground, we have Iron Fist and Cho Shin with his cleavers, I guess. His ninja cleavers. They're not not like butcher shop cleavers, but they're definitely big, fat blades. Um, anyway, it's a pretty good cover. So, remember that, you know, Sabretooth was helping Iron Fist to try to figure out who killed or who the constrictor was, find out it's the constrict, real constrictor's son, and now he's in critical condition, thanks to Cho Shin and his guys. They follow them back, <coughs> so sorry, they follow them back to Kunlun to try to stop the invasion, Sabretooth agrees to help, and he's fighting the rat of 12 plagues, and at the end of last time, Iron Fist bails. Well, it turns out he's not really bailing, he went to get a dragon. <laughs> not just any dragon, the dragon um but um yeah so we do ha definitely have some more saber tooth in here as he fights the rat of 12 plagues to his bewilderment he's like how come you you're not falling to my disease and saber tooth's like uh healing factor um yeah and so uh and the panel of iron fish showing up riding on the dragon with the book of the iron fist clutched in his hands fire out of his mouth, uh, the dragon's mouth, full moon behind him, some burning coon wound below, it's a great, great page, um, anyway, uh, so Iron Fist gets back, Sabretooth continues to put Rat of Twelve Plagues in his place, they fight, of course, um, Iron Fist gets permission now from the UT to fight Cho Shen, and he does, and just lots and lots of fighting, obviously. Um, eventually, the dragon eats Cho Shen. Um, and that's kind of how it ends. Then they go to continue to save the rest of Kunlun. 
And then um, the UT says, you know, hey, we're going to keep trying to make this place better, uh, keep having progress, you know, better for the people here. Um, she thanks Sabretooth very sincerely for his help. And Iron Fist is like, I'll be back. And she's like, well, we'll be here. Thanks to you. And that's the way the story ends. So Sabretooth, uh, just a fun brawl with the, the plague guy. Um, I'm pretty sure that's the end of his part in this story uh, as this book moves on to the damnation or or the edited darn, wait, was it? Tarnation. Tarnation uh, storyline with Doctor Strange. Um, anyway, I got to say, Prefer this Sabretooth to what's going on in Weapon X. Just throwing that out there. This still feels more like where he is. Now, if they're going to make him go back to full bad guy, fine. But it hasn't really been earned yet. And so anyway, so he still has a nasty streak, but he's still trying to be good. So I, I don't know. Just Brisson really, really does a good Sabretooth here. Um, a nice end to a really good Kung Fu story, a uh, good Iron Fist story. Pretty great art. Um, I'm going to give Iron Fist number 77, five out of six claws. And then to wrap things up, we have the end of at least current Defenders, the Kingpins in New York. This is issue number 10. Of course, written by Brian Michael Bendis, one of his winding down his Marvel work. Um, art by David Marquez. Colors by Justin Ponsor. Letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Woohoo! And then the cover by David Marquez and Justin Ponsor. And it's kind of just a lineup of our four main defenders. I love what Marquez has done. And he's done this on the issues a lot, too. Because um, you have Daredevil and Jessica Jones looking very stern. Luke looking serious or not overly serious. And then Iron Fist cracking a smile. <laughs> just enjoying being a warrior. Uh, so it's a pretty nice cover. I mean, Marquez is just brilliant. And that's kind of where we end up here. And we find out that the new kind of kingpin making a play is the hood. And he comes to see Wilson Fisk, who's now the mayor of New York, and says, hey, I just want to visit you out of respect. I hope we can work well together. I know, I know, you're not the kingpin anymore. And I'm not taking anything away from you, but if you're going straight, there's a vacuum. I'm going to be the kingpin. You know, let's get along. Ta-ta. <laughs> of course, vapors away. Then our heroes open up Heroes for Hire again. So that's pretty cool. The Defenders have been in the news um, because basically because uh, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones drove a car into a hooked-up Diamondback. Um, made the front page of the Daily Bugle. Anyway, they reopened Heroes for Hire, which I think is exciting. You know, I know this book or at least this version of the book is ending. And I don't know if Defenders will come back or I could go for a Heroes for Hire book. Um, anyway, the people are, are happy to see the offices. We see uh, Misty Knight interrogating Black Cat. She's like, well, you know, I, I can roll over on, on Diamondback and the Hood and give you a location. So they do. So our Defenders attack the Hood. And... Um, of course, he teleports away, blows up the building. Our heroes uh, are not none too pleased. Uh, the Hood meets a bunch of supervillains and says, You're all the kingpins. I mean, I'm the kingpin of the kingpins. But hey, don't you want to be like, let's just 
go nationwide and everyone be a kingpin somewhere and report up to me. And then we, he gets a phone call from Jessica Jones and says, the defenders are here. And she, and Red Hood, or not Red Hood, that's, that's a DC guy. He does have a Red Hood. Um, the Hood's like, um, I think you're overestimating what the four you can do. Then we end with a double page spread. Want to bet we have a bunch more heroes, including Old Man Logan, standing next to Howard the Duck and Moon Knight. And um, let's see, oh, we'll just name them all. We have Miles, we have Storm, Doctor Strange, um, Ronan, Cable, Spider-Man, Peter Parker, and of course our four main defenders. Um, what's her name? Echo, I think. Yeah. Night Nurse, Valkyrie, Blade, and... Uh, the demon from DC? Why is he there? Okay, here's the guy that's basically the demon from... I don't know who that is. All right. Um. Anyway, uh, Hawkeye, uh, Kate Bishop, Deadpool, Moon Knight, Old Man Logan, Howard the Duck, Black Panther, and then Misty and Colleen. And I gotta say, it's a great double-page spread. And not a bad issue. I mean, it captures kind of the, some of the snark between our, our defenders. Um, kind of wraps up the story well. Nice interaction between the Hood and Kingpin. Art is, of course, amazing. The only thing I got to say is I want to see these missing pages. You know, this brawl that's about to happen. And I wanted to see Marquez draw. And not to say that here, here's what I think might happen. That whoever takes on this book and or these characters in a different book next and picks up this storyline as far as Wilson Fisk and and the Hood as the new Kingpin and whatnot, or however that shakes out. Whatever the outcome of that is, maybe we'll start with that as about the new status quo, and we'll see some flashbacks, like over a couple of issues, to some of this fight. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Could be wrong, of course. But I really want to see this fight as portrayed by David Marquez. I mean, that um, Iron Fist Electra fight he did is one of the best fights I can... That goes down in, in comic book legend status. So I would love to see all these guys taking on these these this gang of villains. But, you know, we don't get it. That's kind of the only disappointing part of the book is that the book kind of leaves you hanging. Um, I have enjoyed this series, uh, particularly the art. But, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pro-Bendis most of the time. Um, there's a couple of things that frustrate me every now and then. But, but for the most part, I like him a lot. Um... I really enjoyed this book. Uh, I would give, man, kind of want to bump it up to the highest marks because of the art. It's a little bit. Yeah, you know, I'll give it five out of six claws. The story's probably more out of a four. Had they had a little more resolution. And I and I think Bittis did this on purpose, right? I think he's trying to leave it open for someone else to pick up the characters and the pieces and and do something else, do whatever they want to do. He didn't want to, didn't want to dictate to another creator like who's going to be in charge of the bad guys, I guess, or who's going to stay on the defenders. So he kind of leaves it open, and I think that's that's a cool thing to do out of respect for, you know, his other creators knowing that he's leaving. You know, he's not just switching books; like he's leaving the company, so he doesn't want to doesn't want to mess up the the pie too much. But um, but as a reader, though, it's a little. A little disappointing to not really actually know how the story ends. Um, and knowing that the business and Marquez will be off the book. So, so I'll give it four out of six claws um, for that reason. But I gotta say, 
If you like good comic book art, you should you should buy these ten issues because Marquez just nails it. So, all right, well that's our comics. That's that's what's left of our comics. Um, gonna talk about a little bit of the previews, which will include some of the Marvel Fresh Start stuff, not all of it. And there's kind of seems like a little bit more that comes out every day. And depending on how long it takes me to get this episode up, I may already be a few days behind of some of the news. I won't intentionally kind of try to catch all of that. I'll just kind of catch what this book reminds me of. Um, this little previous magazine that I get at Awesome Comics in Dallas, Texas. So um, if you're in the North Texas area, it's a great comic shop to go to. I'm going to plug for them. They always, always treat me great. I've been going there for years and years. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, we talked a little bit about the Fresh Start teaser image by Jim Chung earlier and what that might mean. But kind of the flagship of Marvel going going forward with this fresh start is the new Avengers number one by Jason Aaron and Ed McGinnis. And um, yeah, and I'm pretty stoked. It looks like it's going to be mostly based around Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor, which would be the Tony Stark, Steve Rogers, and Odinson versions, which I know there's story reasons for that. And I'm hoping that some of the legacy heroes are part of this ro- supposed rotating cast that we're going to get. Um, I am stoked to see the uh, the prehistoric Avengers kind of come back and see what happens there because I kind of felt like, you know, I, I thought, remember, I, I said before that I thought the Legacy was going to be more of a miniseries and less of a one-shot. Um, so I'm glad to see that this, I guess, is going to be where that story continues and picks up. So I'm excited. I mean, maybe could could have had a little more fun with some some different characters but i'm hoping they'll still be around so um anyway i think this will be really fun and i'm a jason aaron fan i know he can be a little polarizing at times and i don't love everything he does but i like most of it um yeah so anyway that's avengers and then black panther is going to kick off with the new number one so i guess i've seen a lot on online about you know they just went back to legacy numbering, and now they're going back to new number ones. Ah, Marvel, screw you. Uh, you know, whatever. I don't really care, to be honest. doesn't really matter to me much one way or the other. I just want good comics. Um, and this new Black Panther series <laughs> looks amazing. And I was worried that a new number one might mean Coates was leaving, especially knowing that he is uh, going to go over to Captain America. I'm glad that he's still writing both because Black Panther is one of my favorite books right now and it's because of Coates. Um, this book, at least starting off, is going to be penciled by Daniel Acuna and it's going to be the intergalactic empire of Wakanda from that teaser from Legacy Number 1. It looks pretty sweet. I'm very excited about this. Um, as much as I love Ryan Stegman and I'm beginning to, to see the appeal of Danny, or, sorry, Donny Cates I will not be trying Venom. I just don't care about Eddie Brock Venom. Um, as you might know from listening to the episodes of uh, Georgie and Dan. <laughs> anyway, Infinity Countdown, I'll be getting close to wrapping up. Um, I'm intrigued by Ultron Silver Surfer. That could be interesting, I guess. And of course, we'll see how you know Logan's going to tie into that. We get some tie-ins, uh, one based around Captain Marvel, which could be good. Uh, basically based on some of the people who have the stones, right? Um, as we talked about earlier. So we'll have one for Daredevil, which will involve Turk. 
Uh, we have a Darkhawk one, which is probably the one I, I would find least interesting at this point, but we'll see. And then, of course, all the Hunt for Wolverine stuff, which we've talked about on the on the show before. Um, super excited for the one-shot by Solar Marquez. And, of course, we have Weapon Lost by Solar Mephogny, which looks really fun. Um, the Adamantium Agenda by Tom Taylor and Arby Silva. And I like the land cover. I think I'm going to try to find the Silva cover. I really love... Now, that is a little bit different because Logan Wolverine and these isn't his Wolverine costume. So maybe that goes against some of what I was saying or hoping for earlier in this show. But, um, yeah, still, Silva's Wolverine looks fantastic. I can't wait to see that. Um, of course, Claws of a Killer by Mariko Tamaki and Butch Geist. Looks fun. And then Mystery of Madripoor by Jim Zub and Chris Piccolo also looks pretty great. So excited about all those. And they have in here a nice, the connecting four-part cover, um, the Where's Wolverine kind of Where's Waldo cover. Looks so fun. It was just, by Todd now, just so much going on here. Um, you know, trying to find all the different Wolverine characters. It's, uh, it's pretty awesome. Um, definitely, uh, yeah, <laughs> you just kind of stare at this and pour over this for, for at least minutes <laughs> at a time. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a great little image and, and lots of fun to look at. And, you know, Todd Knox, one of those artists, he's, he's really good and has, has definitely his own flair. Um, so yeah, just a really cool image. I'm glad to see the four. You know, collected in one place like this. Wouldn't mind having maybe like a poster of this or something. Yeah. Hmm. We'll see. All right. So then, of course, we conclude Dan Slott's run on Amazing Spider-Man um, with the the Green Goblin story. Uh, Deadpool is hitting 300. So that could maybe be interesting. Uh, no, he gets uh, Scott Cobush wears Deadpool cover, but it's really just all the different Deadpools. So... <laughs> Then we, of course, have Iron Man 600, which will be Bendis' official end of his Marvel career. Um, that series has been really good. So and we know that uh, Dan Slott is taking over Iron Man after that. Oh, and by the way, uh, Spencer and um, Ryan Otley taking over Amazing Spider-Man. So that should be really cool. And I'm I'm not a Slott hater. I know some people are kind of getting tired of him. I've mostly enjoyed his book the whole time for the most part, but... But, you know, it's, it's time for a good little change, and I think Spencer and Otley will be a great combination. And, you know, let's see what Slot does on Iron Man, right? Um, I don't know what this You Are Deadpool is. It looks kind of weird. Um, then, of course, Wade ending his cap run. Um, you know, we have the big Sandy's departure on 700. And uh looks like Leonardo Romero of Hawkeye fame. He's been doing really, really good. Is going to finish up Wade's last couple of issues on the book before it relaunches with um, Coates and Lineal U. So, so, you know, seems like a little bit of a kind of a lame duck stopgap, but I mean, it's Romero. He's fun. Great art. Uh, the Hickman and Dustin Weaver Shield is finally finishing. I actually never read that one. So maybe now that it's completing, I'll get it in trade or something. Um... Incredible Hulk current version is coming to a close. I don't know if that means the end of Amadeus Hulk or if he'll still be in Champions. 
I don't know, man. We know we have Immortal Hulk coming up um, after that, with, of course, with uh, Banner Hulk. Um, so we'll see. But um, I'm going to ride this one out because I've been enjoying it. This is everything, you know, Pack, Greg Pack, good writer, great writer. You know, been kind of dogging his, his last few issues of Weapon X, but Hulk has been really good. So finish that out. Um, a quick silver miniseries? I might give that a shot. I've heard really good things about this Saladin Achman, um, who has been doing the Black Bolt book. I haven't checked that out yet. It's not mine to do. I'll wait till uh, Marvel Unlimited. Um, but yeah, yeah, Quicksilver book, and that, that may be a, a Marvel Unlimited thing for me as well. Uh, I'm I'm really excited to see Jim Zub and Sean Isaacs move to Champions. I think that'll be really fun. Um, they have a little thing here about their young guns, Javier Garone. Uh, Marco Caquetto, Aaron Cooter, Pepe Larraz, all those guys are great. Um, we have a, a kind of a bookend to the Mighty Thor at the Gates of Valhalla. Uh, Venomize is ending, thank goodness. I haven't even started it yet, I'm already tired of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then, um, of course, Spectacular Spider-Man. We still have Chip Zdarsky on it, doing his thing. Um End of business on Spider-Man. I uh, don't know who will take that on. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Spider-Man, Deadpool, blah, 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 Punisher. Moon Knight's a book I want to get to eventually. Um, we have The Fate of the Four revealed at last in Marvel 2 and 1. Um, and Daredevil, Mike Henderson coming on. Can't wait. So excited about that. Um... Let's see, what else? Old Man Hawkeye still going. Um, got a meh on that. I, we'll see how it goes. Um, oh, who did I see? Was, oh, Mark Wade is coming on Doctor Strange after Kate's run. Um, and who did I see was doing the art? I already forgot who I saw. Um, dang. But, but yeah, that can be that can be fun. Um Let's see what else we got. Of course, the Rise of the Black Panther coming to a close. That's actually been a lot better than... I, not that I thought it would be bad, because I'm loving Black Panther right now. I thought it would be a lot of, like, recap and text, but it's actually been pretty... It's been obviously informative, but also pretty fun. So, that's cool. Um, X-Men Red trucking right along. Um, oh, wow, it already has an annual. That's weird. Four issues in. Okay. Um, whatever. I mean... It's Tom Taylor, so I'm sure it's great. Um, uh, Cable, of course, getting a new team. Don't know what that does or doesn't have to do with all the controversy around the art, the former artist. But um, anyway, I guess Nate Gray comes back, and I don't care. Uh, I'm actually kind of looking forward to the Domino book because of David Baldion. Um, so I'll give that a go. New Mutants, of course, looks great. Um, Exiles looks fun. Um, it's going to have Peggy Carter as Captain America from a reality. So that, that's really cool. Um, then, of course, we get ready for the wedding in X-Men Gold. Touting the return of Chris Claremont. He's going to help write, of course, with Martin Guggenheim and Kelly Thompson. Who I'm hoping may take that book over, maybe. But I've also heard some other things. Excuse me. Also heard some other things she might be doing. So um, I forgot what I saw. What I see that she was doing that looked really fun. Shoot. Oh well. Maybe it'll come to me. Old Man Logan is 
mystifying tweets of me still going. <laughs> no, I no, honestly, I mean, as we said, or as I said today, um, books getting better with Brisson, so hopefully it'll continue on that that pace. Uh, Rogan Gambit has been fun. It's wrapping up. Legion, I, I skipped. I'll come back to that at some point later. Is wrapping up. We have our future story coming up in All New Wolverine. X-Men Blue, looking forward to not having the Venom story. <laughs> Astonishing X-Men, um, coming to a close, number 11. Um, we'll keep, keep track of that. Weapon X, Tout, Sabretooth, and Charge. Uh, eh, we'll see. Of course, Weapon H, I'm not really looking forward to. Um... And the Star Wars stuff, we have a new... Is this a new Tag and Bank story or a reprint? I think it's a reprint. Yeah, it is, because it's eight bucks. Yeah. Um, so Marvel reprinting that. We're going to have a Young Lando story, Double or Nothing, written by Rodney Barnes. That could be pretty cool. Um, of course, movie adaptations. Looks like Star Wars and Darth Vader will be crossing over again. Um, Poe Dameron, that book, which has been pretty good, is going to move into kind of behind the scenes of The Force Awakens and kind of catch up to the first movie. Um, Dr. Aphra still going on. I haven't read any of that in a while. Um, I kind of wanted to read the Thrawn book. I'll probably wait for it to either be collected or... It's all the Star Wars stuff on Marvel Unlimited. I haven't really looked. Um, anyway, I mean, I remember liking those novels, but it wasn't really a comic book I wanted to squeeze into my budget. <laughs> so... Anyway, that's what I think of the previews. Um, stoked about some stuff. Don't care about some stuff. Obviously, kind of how it rolls. Um, anyway, that is going to do it for episode 275. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, as always, please uh, feel free to like the Facebook page for the podcast that goes snicked. Twitter is at snickcast. Show notes and stuff are at snickcast.podbean.com. And until next time, hugs and snicks, everybody. Bye-bye. See you later. And snapped.